uh, hi, this is Alana Smith, and I'm hanging out with some people who really like stars and stripes in a circular shape. Greetings, Cap fans. Welcome to episode 147 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans podcast. This is Rick Fervonis. I'm your host, and I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. His name is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. You see, boys forget what their country means by just reading the land of the free in history books. Then they get to be men. They forget even more. Liberty's too precious a thing to be buried in books, Miss Saunders. Men should hold it up in front of them every single day of their lives. Say, I'm free to think and to speak. My ancestors couldn't. I can, and my children will. Boys ought to grow up remembering that. Well, that was a beautiful thing, Rick, but I, I don't have any idea what that is. Oh, okay. Well, that is a quote uh, it was it was it was James Stewart. Ah, it was, it had a little bit of a James Stewart sort of. Yeah, yeah. To it. That, 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 that's it what did. he was doing. It was yeah. James Stewart. And uh, do you know the movie? I I don't. Uh, it ties in with our guest. Is it Mr. Smith goes to Hollywood? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, yeah that's it. I didn't Hollywood. see the sequel. Oh, that was, sequel was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. made a movie about his first trip. That was uh, great. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. 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 Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. And so with having our guest today, Miss Alana Smith on, I figured we'll tie it in that way. And nice. also the movie came out in 1939, which is we're talking today about the new Captain America series written by J. Michael Straczynski, which does take place in that time period where Amazing. he, uh, you know, explores Steve Rogers, uh, yeah. right before he joins uh, the, um, you know, the Super Soldier program. Right, right, right. Well, that that is an amazing confluence of of factoids that you put there in front of me, Rick. And uh, I you know got me thinking. Uh, do you recall an instance where Steve has mentioned that movie? Steve. <sighs> yeah, I. I don't recall it, but it, it does a bell, but... rings a bell. It yeah. does ring a bell. Uh, and, you know, or maybe, I don't know. Did we have maybe one of our, our guests that came on the show, one of our, one of the authors of the books um, maybe wrote about that in one of their books hmm. about how Steve Rogers was very much kind of influenced by a, jefferson smith from that movie I, I i think that rings a bell too maybe I, maybe I, i'm certain Catman mentioned it in his guest appearance yeah uh, yeah as, uh you know so huh well now there's something i gotta look for yeah figure out yeah. if he actually no, ever mentioned it in the comics yeah totally it's a great movie um mm -hmm. and for anyone out there who's not seen it uh see it if you want to be inspired uh go yeah See, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, fantastic movie. But we are excited today to have our guest on the show, Alana Smith, who is the current editor of the Captain America family of books. And so she, uh, she's she been on the show before, uh, back in, 
oh gosh, it was an episode 86. So it's been a little while. It's been over oh, a year. Yeah. Uh, and back then, uh, she was, a, you know, on to talk to us about the two ongoing series that were coming up. And uh, she kind of shed some light on those. And and today we're hoping to do the same. We're hoping that she's going to shed some light uh, on the upcoming J. Michael Straczynski series that comes out in uh, in September. Uh, and plus, hey, we got to find find out what happened why did why mm. did the 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 sam wilson and the steve rogers series sense of delivery and um symbol of truth why did why did they end so we're hoping to get to the bottom of that too yeah well she was a great guest last time uh and a super impressive person and um and she gave us a lot of little good tidbits along the way as well plus it gave us uh gave us a uh, gave you an opportunity to link up with uh, tony Anyabuchi and get him on the show. So oh, yeah. we yeah, owe that to true. her. So we, we certainly do. Yeah. yeah. And and we get a little insight too on what an editor does. Uh so she got more into that in the last episode. So if you want to check that out, like I said, I think it was episode 86. And you know, you get to learn a little bit more behind the scenes what you know what the different roles an editor does. Um, so maybe we'll you know we'll touch your base on a little bit of that today when we have her on. Uh so Bob, the uh, we we did get a new review, uh, five star review on Apple Podcasts. So the, should we? You want, to, want me to read that? Please do. All right. So this is by Fido Rollins, or probably Fido, right? Fido Rollins, Fido Rollins. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. Did you, you did, <laughs> oh, I posted that on Facebook recently. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Yeah. 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 My, my wife has a uh, plant food and the brand is Vigoro V I G. Right. right. And, and I was like, yeah. every time I saw it, I just kept thinking of bugs running. Right. Yes. <laughs> Figaro, 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 Figaro. Uh, and so, yeah, I posted that on, on, and it was funny how many people who were Got like, it. me too. Me too. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, Fido or Fido Rollins, uh, he writes and the, the title to his review, they'll have you from hello. Nice. Yeah. 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 I like that. It's clever. Um, if he writes, if you're looking for a comprehensive examination of Captain America comics, this is the podcast for you. From deep dives into single issues and storylines to incredible interviews with creators and detailed examinations of characters, Rick and Bob provide a fun understanding of the source material with a focus on the values that make the Star Spangled Avenger a favorite of fans everywhere. Added bonuses are the subject-related hello segments, the organic tangential to tangential or tangential. Ooh, I, I like that. He's added a, a syllable on it. Nice. <laughs> okay, tangential. Uh, the organic tangential conversations. Just just say tangent. We we all yeah. That's that's the tangent I I tend to do. Um, and then the occasional musical number that makes the episodes even more entertaining and relatable. I would highly recommend checking out the associated Facebook group as well for an excellent source of cap fandom and camaraderie. Keep up the great work, fellas. 
wow, a trifecta, the hello, the tangents, and the musical numbers in one <laughs> review. Well, he's, he's talking about you, Bob. Wow. 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 I'm, I'm, I have a feeling this might be Megan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my wife yeah, sent this in. No, um, anyway, no, that was really, really nice, Fido. We appreciate that. Uh, and, and you really touched on a lot of things, especially the Facebook group. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, we recently just had a ton of people uh, join the Facebook group. I couldn't keep up with the re request for approvals this past weekend, Bob, because um, I don't know what happened, uh, but there was a, a post in the group that um, I'm, I'm going to pull it up here in a second. But there was a post in the group. Somebody had posted a question about something that was in issue 750. And, you know, there's like a funeral scene. And then there was this right. big page of basically blocks. And Faces. yeah. Yeah. Right. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it had, you know, their names underneath. And um, and then they all basically you know, were making you know a comment about the, the person who had passed, which was um, uh, the destroyer. Uh, right. Aubrey. Yeah. And there was like a dozen different characters on there. And, and the person asked, I have no idea who these other superpowered folks are apart from Torch, Namor, and Logan. Right. Simple as that. Simple. Uh, I don't know who shared this. Now, it had 11 shares. And I don't know who shared this, but this post reached 171,000 people. Wow. I know there were 232 likes, 163 comments. That's weird, huh? I know. And and like, you know, because we have an approval process in the group because we want to make sure that, you know, these are legit Captain America comic book fans um, that, you know, I we, you know, as moderators, we have to approve these things. And so I was just getting ping, 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 ping. And because again, there's 163 comments here, and so I, uh, I was like, "What's going on?" And then you know, you you preview their comment before you approve them for the group, and 99% of them were like legitimate comic book fans. They were like, yeah. "Oh, well, that's so and so." Hey, but you know, and they had their comments. For the life of me, I would I want to know who shared this that got 171,000 people reached because huh. I want to I want them on my marketing team. Right. Yeah. Maybe this was just a Barbenheimer spillover. Could be. You know, people Could. just standing in line at the movie theater. and Yeah. That's crazy, though. It is. It That's totally the is sort crazy. of traction you hope for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, so uh, join, you know, come check out the Facebook group, Captain America Comic Book Fans. It is um, an oasis from the rest of social media. There's not going to be political discussions. We don't allow negative comments. You heard me. We don't allow negative comments. Like if someone wants to come in and say, uh, I hate this artist. He sucks. Guess what? That's going to get deleted. You're going to get a warning. And if you keep it up, you're not going to be in the group anymore. And people respect that. And it is a fun group. It, it's just a bunch of positivity. It's a bunch of uh, just walking down memory lane. Um, you know, a lot of just reminiscing and, mm -hmm. and then talking about new stuff coming up and so anyway, it's it's a great group. We have you yeah. know like five thousand people in it, and you know they're all share the same love of Captain America. That's a great detox site. 
You know, it's got you got to unlearn some habits if you want to thrive in uh, the Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. But it's well worth the effort because uh, what you put in, you get out and uh, it's a great place and you'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we um, we're we'll we'll make sure we talk about uh, we got some exciting news coming up for some upcoming episodes. And so we'll we'll share with that uh, at the end of this particular episode and when we wrap up talking with Alana Smith. Uh, and I think I, I think she's been waiting in the green room a little too long, Bob. We got to uh -huh. get to her. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're excited to have today's guest back on the show. Alana Smith has been with Marvel since 2015, and during those years, she has worked on many Cap titles, such as The Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier, United States of Captain America, Captain America and Iron Man. Then, in 2022, she oversaw the launch of two ongoing Cap series, Symbol of Truth and Sentinel of Liberty. Those series are coming to a close, and a new Cap series by J. Michael Straczynski and Jesus says is launching soon after. We thought, what better time than to have her back on the show? Alana, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be back. Yeah, we were so happy you're here. And when you were on the show a little over a year ago, you you mentioned you were so excited about the concept that writers Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly pitched to you. Um, mm -hmm. And so we, you, we had just, I think Zero had just come out. And so we really didn't know much about the new series and you couldn't get into a lot, but you did yeah. say that the the concept set your hair on fire, I believe is what you said. <laughs> and and here we are at the end, and it was a you know 14 issue run of Symbol of Truth, which was Sam's book, 13 mm -hmm. issue run of Sentinel Liberty, Steve's book. We had the anniversary 750 issue come out. Mm -hmm. And then we're just a couple of weeks away from the finale. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you reached what you had envisioned and and was was your mission accomplished for both series? So it's it's tough because I think I think all of us working on those series loved them so much that we would have loved to do, you know, 700 more issues of each of them. Um but that said, I think within within the framework of what we got, I think I think all the creative teams really brought it and you know worked their butts off to make sure that the the endings were satisfying in the space that we had left. I think um, we put finale to print uh, last week or the week before, um, maybe even a little longer than that. I'm not sure. Um, it all blurs together once it's out the door. <laughs> right. But um, that issue especially is um, it's just so special and it's really it's really incredible what um, Jackson and Colin we're able to fit into that 30 pages. Like it's just, it's a really great issue, great emotional beats, great action beats, um, resolves this huge mystery that we've set up. Uh, and I think it's really great. And, uh, you know, symbol of truth as well, um, getting to close on the story of how Sam got this new shield, which we introduced, but hadn't explained, um, felt like a really special full circle moment for us. And And with both of these teams, uh, when we found out we were wrapping up, I met with both of them and basically said, like, look, I'm not going to be on your case with these. Like, you do what you need to do. Like, I don't care if there's not three fight scenes per issue. I don't care if, you know, we don't have a million guest stars. I care about wrapping up these books in a satisfying way. So whatever you need to do to get there, 
let's do it. I will not get in your way, which is how we ended up with like two funerals, like graveyards in the same issue of 750. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I think, um, I think it was important to let them end both those series on their own terms. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it was a tall order to do two cap series at the same time in general. It was something that we kind of tried um, during the Hydra cap era, but it wasn't quite the same thing because again, one of them was Hydra. Um, Um, Right. So I think, I think it was a really ambitious plan and I'm really proud that we got, um, we got two great runs out of it. Uh, Carmen Carnero drew almost all of Sentinel of Liberty, which is incredible. That's not something we often get to do. Um, we got a crossover event. We got an oversized 750 with great talent on it. Um, so yeah, I I will always, I think, look back on this era of Cap extremely fondly. Like I think, you know, these were the Cap books that I have always dreamed of making. And I'm I'm just very pleased with them, even if they ended a little sooner than I would have preferred, but that's comics sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about 750, which was a phenomenal issue. Um, but but while we're on the subject of these two series, did you did you have personally have any highlights um for either or both of these series that you felt like, wow, I'm really proud of that. Gosh. Um well I think for for Sentinel, um one of the issues where I really felt like, like, oh, this is, this is something is um the issue after, I think it might be issue four, where Cap returns from the Shadow Capital and the Redacted has followed him back. And it's kind of just a day in the life of Cap. Yeah. But subtly throughout it all, he knows that the Redacted is watching him and is trying to sway him to his side. um, And I just thought that was like, like we, I got that script in and I was like, oh, this is, this is Captain America. Like this is the stuff right here. And I think we even showed it to Tom Brevoort at one point. He was like, that's a good issue. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> that's, that's tough to give broad praise from Tom. And it, it is, it is. He's, he's sparing in his praise, but it's very great when you get it. Um, and on symbol, I think really that, that finale fight in, well, actually, uh, even more than that, uh, the finale fight in Mahondo, which I thought was gorgeously drawn and beautifully executed. Uh, I think the bit that I'll remember the most is the fight between Sam and Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. And so Sam fights T'Challa without his costume, without his wings, I think even without his shield. Um, and he still he still puts up a solid fight and is able to rebuff the Black Panther. Um, and I think that fight is really interesting emotionally too, because what, what Tochi and I had talked about a lot approaching that issue was this idea that, you know, people watched the Black Panther movie and thought, well, I don't know, Killmonger's got some really good points. Like maybe T'Challa should be listening to him a little more. And we thought a lot about how Sam would feel a lot of those same ways. Um, But, you know, obviously he's not going to give in to villainy the way Killmonger did, but it was so interesting to have, that kind of conflict between two very different black characters and um two very different like black perspectives and it was just i i really love that issue both in terms of action and in terms of like the emotion that's crackling under the surface i think that that was like a peak for me in that yeah that was a, a really strong emotional issue too and you know and listen i'm 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 a 
a white male, so I don't <laughs> have that perspective. But mm -hmm. I did for the first time see, I'm not going to say jealousy, but mm -hmm. a more of a, hey, we didn't have a meteor land yeah. on, you know, in, yeah. in our, you know, continent or our country to, you know, yeah. to, you know, we weren't lucky like you. And and he mm -hmm. made a point to, to bring that up. And mm -hmm. that was an emotional impact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Tochi does such a good job of, you know, I think Sam can say that without coming off as small or petty or like, you know, Sam's just saying what he believes and standing in his convictions. And, uh, that puts him at odds with this person who also has very strong convictions. And I just thought that was really fun. Yeah. So let's, let's go back to issue 750. Cause it, um, you know, it is, and we, when we had you on the show, we talked about legacy numbering and we're not going to let that go. We're going to probably bring it up again. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we were very excited to see that legacy 750 came back out. You know, we, we, we honored that number. Um, and so here you are, uh, at the end of cold war. And so there's a little bit of follow-up from that, but then mm -hmm. you also have and, and so you have, you know, uh, Jackson and Colin, you have uh, Tochi, um, but then you have some other creators come in and you brought in my all-time favorite Captain America writer, J.M. DeMatteis. Yeah. Uh, how, how did that come about? Um, I think really we, I had a whole, a whole wish list of um, creators I really wanted to get for this. And a lot of it was the not very exciting going back and forth with talent management being like, who do we have agreements with right now? Like, who can I go get? Like, um, and I think Jam DeMattis was doing work for us already over in the Spidey office, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so I think in that instance, it was a situation where, um, like, he was already in, uh, we could kind of go to him and he was ready to go. Um, and he was ready to go. Like, it, it wasn't a hard sell, you know, it was the kind of thing where, I went to him and he had a story right away and I was like, sounds great. Let's do it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really happy it turned out the way it did. And I think most of the names we really wanted, we were able to get, which was really nice. Um, and I also think it's a, it's a really nice balance of, of different voices in that issue in terms of like, we tried to balance it between classic creators and newer creators and also mm -hmm just people who hadn't done a lot of cap before. Like, I don't think Gail Simone has done a ton of cap, but she's obviously, you know, she's Gail Simone. So I was like, right. I want to see what Gail Simone will do with a cap story. And she had one ready to go. Like she was like, Oh, I've had this, this story about cap and a bunch of kids that I've wanted to tell forever. Can I do that here? And I was like, yeah, go for it. Like, let's do it. Um, she just won a major award, right? Which, which did Gail Simone. Oh, I, I think probably, but I haven't, I haven't looked uh, at the results yet. Okay. Um, cause I was, I was, uh, traveling a lot this weekend. So. Uh, yeah. You had to send you um, Comic-Con, right? Well, I, I didn't, um, I, I barbenheimered and then I went to a wrestling show. So oh, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of entertainment in a very short amount of time. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, in general, it was just, you know, going to creators we thought were a good mix and, uh, that we thought still had something to say about cap and luckily they all did. So, yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got a number of questions from our patrons that we're going to mm -hmm. sprinkle throughout the chat tonight. So we're going to maybe kick one off with, uh, with Grant Baugh mm -hmm. who asks, 
The last time you were on the podcast, you mentioned that symbol of truth was given the legacy numbering in order to cement it as a legitimate Captain America title. Mm -hmm. Were there other measures you took during these runs to ensure that legitimacy amongst readers? And how well do you think those measures achieved that goal? Yeah, I think I think there were a few things we did, including um, symbol launched first before Sentinel. Um, we we worked very hard to make sure that it, in different places, each run was referencing the other, like there would be moments where they kind of dipped in and out of each other leading up to Cold War. Um, and uh, include like making Ian central to Cold War was a big part of that because like Ian is a big figure in Steve's life, but he's also a very, very big figure in Sam's life. Um, so we wanted it to be this character that's very important to Sam uh, that ends up kind of uh, sparking this this big event that crosses everything over. Um, and our honestly, our digital media team was was really wonderful with both of these books and would approach us with a lot of ideas about, you know, uh, digital assets and Twitter posts and um, various ways to push and market the book. And, you know, we were given a lot of variant slots to, you know, be able to do cool art that promoted each book pretty, pretty evenly. Um, and I, you know, I kind of think we did the best we could. Um, whether, whether it worked is kind of up to the exact numbers. And I don't always get all the exact numbers on which one outsold which one. Um, but I also think, I think in terms of how much weight each book had in this era of Cap's narrative, I think we were able to keep it pretty even. You know, that's, Rick, I don't know if that's a term that, like, of course, you probably have heard it because, you know, Rick, Rick's like a genius and I'm a <laughs> hanger on. But I haven't heard that term variant slot before <laughs> from the marketing team. Can you can you talk a little bit? Of, I mean, because I think lots of folks are interested in, like, why are there X number of variants for this cover or none yeah. for this cover? Like, how does that work? I can't speak to well, it. Well, I'm too glad you asked, Bob. Let me go yeah. ahead and. Oh no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I was going to say a lot of it is decided by the sales department before it even gets to us, so I can only speak to you know my portion of it. But I know, at least for me, when we are told by sales like you have a variant on this issue, uh, the question for us then becomes like, what image can we put on this variant that's going to sell a lot of covers? Mm -hmm. Um and that will get people excited. And sometimes it's additive too. Like if you have a main cover that's really just a character shot, you might be able to do something more story specific on the variant. Or if you have a really story specific main cover, you could do just a cool, a really sick pinup shot on the variant. Um, so a lot of it is, can sometimes act as an extension of the narrative and as an additional tool to show people what's going on in the book and why they should be excited. Um, so that was kind of uh, something we tried to use throughout for both of these to make the most of basically every piece of art we put out there to, to, you know, show off both these books. All right. We have a, another patron who uh, Matthew Glover, and he asks what I think most of us are wondering mm -hmm. How did the editorial office arrive at the decision to end the current ongoing cap titles in favor of relaunching with J. Michael Straczynski? Yeah, so so there's a, a bit of a misunderstanding in the beginning of that question, which is, if it were up to me, the editorial office, we would have done these forever. <laughs> so, you know, this is a decision that comes down from, you know, our budgeting departments, our sales departments, looking at 
you know, what the numbers are and where they're going. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where sometimes even if you have strong numbers at a certain point, they can project out and know they'll hit a certain point later. Um, so really there was no, um, there was no like ending this to do the JMS and Jesus Saiz run. It was more like, okay, these are wrapping up, like, we just have to wrap them up. So we have to figure out what that's going to look like. And so that was job one was like, how, <laughs> how do we wrap these stories up in a way that is uh, worthy of the readers that have stuck with us this whole time? And so like a lot of that initial moment after finding out the books weren't continuing, we're about that. And we're about getting us as much space as we could to tell the stories that we wanted to tell. Um, and then honestly, after that came the consideration of of uh, who's next. <laughs> so, so at what point in the story did you get this word? Was this before Cold War? Uh, like, because I, I know remember. Cold War was something that, they, you know, had been planned for a while, this crossover. Um, you know, yeah. was it? I think we were, I think we were into Cold War already, if I'm remembering correctly. Um it's a little fuzzy in my head now because it, okay. it was a while ago, but I think I think we had already put together a few issues of Cold War um, when we found out that that we were going to have to wrap up. Um, so it actually it it didn't really change the the direction of Cold War because a lot of those scripts were already written by the time we found out. I think maybe a few things at the very end were tweaked because um, mm. I think. I think the way things landed with Bucky would have been slightly different if uh, if we had continued afterward. Um, maybe not in a better way. Like maybe we've ended up with the better story for, you know, for the brevity. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a bummer to receive that news. But we we did our best, I think. Um, yeah, ab absolutely. And I think, um, you know, from what I've read, I mean, I haven't read finale yet, but everything up leading up to that point, it has been satisfactory as far <laughs> as, you know, seeing these loose uh, story, you know, tie ins. And because and, it was it. Listen, it, it was a huge concept that, yeah. that that Jackson and Colin came up with, with the whole mm -hmm. outer, you know, the the outer ring and, and outer circle. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And um, yeah. And, and then what Bucky did to combat that and. Uh, bringing Ian into it mm -hmm. and and revisiting uh, Dimension Z. Uh, there, mm -hmm. there were so many different elements, but at the yeah. same time, they really captured Steve's essence. They they brought him back as a man of the people. They gave him a uh, civilian life, some friends. They really well balanced. I mean, it you know as as a as a huge Steve Rogers fan, uh, I was very pleased with the story and, and the execution of it. That's great to hear. Thank you. I, yeah. I I was as well. I I always love reading their Steve. So, uh, yeah. and yeah. Sam was good too. Tochi Tochi did yeah. an excellent job. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. And it was uh, it was definitely a different task wrapping up each one because I think for for Tochi's we were almost fortunate that we were kind of between stories. Um, mm -hmm. we had more that we were going to do. We had kind of a you know next arc plan. Um, but a lot of that was kind of excised in favor of landing where it felt emotionally right. Um, and we had the space to do that because we didn't have a bunch of, you know, plot threads that we necessarily needed to wrap up. So a lot of it was like, where where do we get to a point where emotionally this feels correct? And a lot of it with Jackson and Colin was, how, how do we tie up 
this. Yeah. You know, like, they had so like much, oh my they're God, balancing so many things. <laughs> yeah. So, but luckily I think they are, they are really excellent at cramming a lot of material into not a lot of pages um, in, in a good way. Like, I think they're good at getting through a lot in one issue without it feeling cramped. So uh, yeah. that is our hope for finale is that it doesn't feel cramped, but uh, it feels substantial. And, and it sounds like it's a, you said 30 issues earlier. So it sounds like it's a, it's a larger than normal comic. Yeah. As 30 well. pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk about how getting uh, J. Michael Straczynski back to writing comics happened mm-hmm. after such a long hiatus, because other than a short story, he did in Thor 750. He hadn't really been in comics for over a decade. Uh, yeah. You know, last working for DC. How did you lure him back? So I can't, I can't take full credit here because I think, I think maybe, uh, I'm actually not sure who made the initial contact. I think it maybe was some combination of Will Moss and Tom Brevoort. Um, so I think Tom's known, uh, him for a while. Um, but I think, I think it's the kind of thing where with, with a lot of these guys, the line of communication is always kind of open. Um, and it's a situation of if they have a gap in their schedule, like, can we do something cool? Like, is there room to, um, to jam on something? And, so uh for me when I was looking around to figure out again what what comes after this that um you know that I will feel good about that um you know I think fans will feel good about uh it I realized that you know despite the fact that JMS uh wrote that scene in Spider-Man that has become very famous as a Captain America scene where he he does the um you know plant yourself by like a tree by the river of truth and say, no, you move. Like, I can't wait. I hope to talk to him about such that. A, yeah, yeah. That's become such an iconic cat moment. And then I looked and I was like, he's never written the cat going. And yet he's got one of the, the main scenes that everyone knows about Captain America. Um, So I was like, I wonder if there's like an itch there that he's waiting to scratch. And I think I mentioned it to Will Moss, who's my supervisor. Um, And he mentioned, uh, that he was working on something with uh with him where he'd written a bit of cap and so he sent that script over to me and I was like yeah it's a pretty good cap like let's see if we can do something cool um and he was down pretty much immediately like he had been waiting for this call <laughs> for ages um uh, JMS was waiting yeah 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 he oh. was very excited um so I I correctly read <laughs> that he was very interested in Captain America um and so yeah it's it's just been a lot of uh jamming on ideas and um trying to get to the core of what his his take on Captain America is um so yeah it's it's been a lot of fun yeah did the did he kind of reveal to you maybe what it was about Captain America that interested him and, and why that is the, the the character he he chose to come back to I'm not totally sure I think I think he at least my read on it is that I think he's drawn to these more like altruistic characters like um you know superman spider-man captain america um but i know one of the things we talked about a lot is that um it's very easy for steve rogers to become kind of this like authoritarian very distant very stiff figure and he was very interested in like going against that as much as possible and really getting into what makes this guy charming and likable and charismatic and you know the the kind of ordinary guy that's underneath um all the super soldier stuff you know kind of an extension of what 
a lot of what Jackson and Colin have been doing, like, um, like in the new run, he's still in his old apartment. He's still in his old neighborhood. Um, it's still very local. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that was part of the, the fun of it for him was, you know, how do I really like really get people to love this dude? It seemed like was part of the, um, the challenge that he put to himself and I think he's doing a really good job of it because his cap is extremely charming so <laughs> I think I think people are gonna like it a lot was was that what was that what it was about his pitch that interested you in, in yeah I mean I think uh in that script that I read where he had you know bits of cap um again it was just a very like chummy down-to-earth like you know Steve Rogersy Captain America and so I was like, okay, he can, like, that's what I want from Captain America and he can do that. So I think we'll be simpatico in terms of um, how we see this character and how we want the readers to see this character. So uh, Jesus Sayas is going to be the artist on the new series. And he's mm -hmm. been around for 20 or so years and is no stranger to Cap, having provided artwork for the Hydra Cap series, uh, nine issues back in 2016 and 2017, as well as as Cap 25. How did how did he land this gig? So uh, Jesus is someone that, that I've worked with previously. I worked on those um, Cap Steve Rogers issues that he worked on. And... Uh, this was a lot of this was input from JMS and what he was looking for in a storytelling partner. Because um, what was really valuable for us on both Symbol and Sentinel was Tochi just was on the same wavelength as RB and Jackson and Colin were on the same wavelength as Carmen. So it was a priority for me, you know, as much as possible to get someone that JMS was hyped about. Um, and a lot of our priorities in that search were someone who can do gravitas, who can do, you know, some humor, um, but but is also just really down to earth and focused on the the facial acting and the, you know, the subtle character work. And so um, we we had a few names in contention as we often do for these things. And uh, Jesus ended up sticking out because he he was just coming free from his great long run on Punisher. Um, and also uh, JMS had worked with him before, I believe over at DC actually. Um, so they had kind of an established rapport already and he knew Jesus's work and liked Jesus's work. Um, so at that point, uh, you know, there was some weighing of, is it is it too soon for him to, you know, return to Cap? And ultimately like, my feeling on that was it's a very different Captain America. And he never really mm. got to draw Captain America. Like he, he had to draw evil Captain America for many years. And he was right. very good at it. He was great at it. Um, but he didn't really get a shot at like real actual Steve Rogers. Um, so we talked to him and, uh, you know, he ended up being interested in returning because it was JMS and because he liked the pitch. Um so yeah, uh, that's kind of how how things came about, and uh, he's doing really beautiful work on it. So yeah, yeah, we can't wait to. We, we've seen bits and pieces, you know, the covers and some of the stuff from the first issue. You know, it's been you know sent out as kind of yeah PR stuff, but um, yeah, can't wait to see more. And can you explain to Bob what gravitas means? <laughs> sure. Um, it's a type I, of, isn't that a kind of cheese? Yes, it is. It, he's like, very good it's, at it's, cheese. It's, it's a good. It's a good with a red. I think like a dark. Yes. Yeah. 
um no just this kind of like uh this kind of weight to to his work you know like there's a lot of uh artists who are very good at facial expression but a lot of it sometimes is very heightened and very like um like hyper expressive and that's great for a certain kind of book but I think what we were looking for here was that person who can really get into like a very subtle nuanced mm. uh area of expression mm. that has some more seriousness to it and some more weight to it so that's kind of what I mean by by gravitas <laughs> gotcha all right um is there anything else that you can tell us about the new series <clears throat> um let me think uh I think just that it's um I think it's going to be a lot funnier than people are expecting it to be <laughs> Oh, okay. There's, there's actually been, um, we, we kind of went through, uh, when you develop a new launch like this, you kind of wiggle around a bit before you settle on like, okay, this is the tone. This is the deal. And, uh, we kind of went through a few iterations before JMS really cracked it. And, and all of a sudden, like this really great vein of humor came through and this really great, like, uh, like sense of rapport and snap in the dialogue and it's just it's a very funny Steve Rogers who's in very serious you know intense situations um but it's also just very funny and personal and uh just really entertaining I've laughed a lot reading the scripts um and I think we've teased this a bit but we're also delving into uh a period of life uh, for Steve that we haven't really seen a lot of before, which is uh, the late 30s after his mom passed away, but before mm -hmm. he joined the super soldier program. Um, so it's a time for him of a lot of hardship because he's kind of, uh, you know, doesn't really have a place to live, doesn't really have a regular job and is kind of scraping by uh, and doing the best he can. And during that time, we're going to see him intersect with some major historical uh, events that were happening in New mm. York City during that time. Um, so I think I think that element of it is going to be uh, really interesting as well. And I really like what uh, JMS has been doing with that. It's it's a part of history we don't see a lot. You know, the home front before we entered the war. Um, and it's also a part of Cap's history. We don't see a lot. So I think it'll be uh, really compelling. Lana, you have no idea what a happy boy you've made tonight of a <laughs> certain excellent. a certain Rick Rick Verbanis. <laughs> I know. So Bob, glad. Bob loves the historical stuff. He eats No, no, Rick up. is the Rick is is overjoyed right now because I know. <laughs> I know from our close interactions over the course of this show and 380 <laughs> episode, what is it, Rick? 390 episode, whatever. Legacy but numbering. Rick loves <laughs> pre-Super Soldier Serum I do. Steve stories. I do. And, uh, I and do. I saw his eyes light up there. So. <laughs> I do. And, and I'm Bob glad loves historical moments. I'm glad yeah. you're both competing about who would be happier about this. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a good place to be, I think. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although I got to tell you, when you said that, you know, uh, Steve's going to have a sense of humor and make some, some you know, jokes during very serious, uh, you know, moments. I know it's not going to be like this, but I had this horrible thought in my mind. It's going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, beating someone up and then throwing a one liner, you know? Or, oh, no, no, uh, it's it's not one liners. It's it's okay. a little it's a little quirkier than that yeah. in, a, in a very charming way. So uh, good, good. Yeah. Uh, and it, I'm assuming we're going to see a little Arnie Roth. 
Uh, yes, I think so. Um, I think he will appear in the in the flashback sequences. Excellent, so. excellent, yeah. awesome, awesome. So, um, I you know, in in issue seven fifty, we catch a glimpse of of Aaron Fisher. At, at the funeral. And, uh, and of course he recently appeared in the longer infinity comics, love unlimited series uh, mm -hmm. issues 49 through 54. Mm -hmm. And uh, which by the way, I love that. I love that story. Thank you. And he, uh, he apparently gained some powers, he uh, did, yes. which was shocking when I read it. <laughs> and so I want to know, uh, if that would be considered Canon in 616 mm -hmm. and if yeah. we can expect to see more Aaron in the future and perhaps some of the other captains network captains as well. Yes, you can. Um, imminently actually, I think he is popping up with his new powers in an upcoming issue of Iceman. Uh, I don't remember exactly what issue it is. Three, maybe. I don't know. I don't edit that book, so I don't, know. I don't bring off the top of my head, but yes, that was completely Canon. All of that happened. Um, he has cool kinetic force field powers now, uh, and, you know, part of that was, you know, the idea of that is he can show up in more places now and, uh, be more versatile as a character. Um, cause we really, we really love Aaron. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to work with, uh, Josh Trujillo on a bunch of Aaron stuff, uh, from the, the first story to, to this. Um, and he was the one who was really pushing for, like, I'd like to give him powers in this. Can we, can we do that? Cause I think it's good for him long-term and I happily agreed, um so yeah i i i really love all of the the us of cap characters and i'm always looking for <laughs> excuses to put them in more things um so i i definitely don't think you've seen the last of him and his powers and next place he shows up will be Iceman, assuming that issue hasn't already come out and i'm just behind <laughs> all right well i'm gonna keep my eyes open for it mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of our listeners are really excited about what's uh what's ahead and uh, they've got some remaining, uh, some lingering questions about uh, what's next, perhaps. And mm -hmm. so Joshua Van Dyne, one of our patrons, he wants to know, what would it take? Uh, and I think he's serious here. Um, he wants to know, what would it take to get a Sam Cap book up and running again to go along with the new Steve book once the yeah. symbol of truth ends? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, that's that's kind of a question we're still working through internally. Like, I'm, I want to do it, and I'm ready to do it. Um, the, the question for me is, like, I, I'm determined to do it in a way that has longevity. Um, and so we kind of tried the thing where we launched both of them at once, and there's still a lot of learning to be done on, I think, what worked about that and what didn't work about that, and it's stuff we're still kind of sorting through. Um, and it's a lot of stuff for, for me to think about as well. Cause you know, I am currently the steward of the character and I need to figure out a way to, um, keep him on the board and keep him active. And, you know, just on a personal level, like Sam was cap when I started at Marvel. So Sam has always kind of been my cap. Um, so, so that's kind of a center that I always gravitate back to, um, so yeah, I think I I think fans did show up for this and I'm I'm very grateful for that. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, well, fans need to show up for Sam Cap if they want more Sam Cap. Like I think I think a lot of it is timing. Um, you know, finding the right moment to do that in terms of what the other series is doing, in terms of um, 
you know, interest in the character, you know, even outside of comics. Um, and I, I think it's something that will happen. It's just a matter of figuring out the best way to do it that positions it for the most success. Um, cause it's, it's a, it's a responsibility I take very seriously. And so, um, we're kind of in, still in the period of figuring out what's the, what's the best way to go about this. Um, and I am happy that in the meantime, he is the Captain America in Avengers. So, um, that, that gave me some comfort as the run was ending up that he's, he's still in books. He's still Cap. Um, there's no plans to take the shield away from him again. So, um, yeah, I think really it's just, it's just a matter of time and, you know, it's on us to make a book that is, you know, too, too good to ignore basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, Mark Dumier asks, do new creative teams come in with an idea of how many issues their run might last? Is there a minimum you're looking for? And do you think we might ever see a hundred issue or longer run again? So I hope so. On the last on the last question, um, it's one of those things that's very determined by the market and what people are responding to, and you know, also what retailers are responding to. Um, creative teams do usually have an idea of how many issues they have. And I think in this case, for Captain America, I think we were probably greenlit for 12 to start, like two arcs, if I remember correctly, um, either 10 or 12. And then I think fairly early, uh, we decided we were going to do Cold War. And so that was greenlit actually really, really early in the process. So we always knew we were driving toward toward that. Uh, and we also knew 750 was in the in the works, like really far back because we had kind of projected out the numbers. Um, so it, it really depends though. Like um, some new series, you, you're kind of like, let's start with a five issue arc and see what happens or... Um, you know, sometimes we're like, okay, let's start with 12 and see what happens. Um, but a lot of that is, it's tricky to gauge because it's very dependent on the market and sales trends and what our sales department is willing to greenlit ahead of time and, and how much they want to wait and see. Um, so it's, it's hard to say like, there's one, <laughs> there's one way we do it because it's constantly kind of shifting depending on each, each series and each um, character sort of. All right. So while we're on the subject of numbering, mm -hmm. uh, will the new JMS cap series, which obviously you're starting over with a new number one, will that continue the legacy numbering? And I, I'm assuming that would be making it 752. Uh. Yes, but it's 751, I believe. So the finale because, is not 751? Yeah, because uh, the finale is focused on Sentinel, and Sentinel didn't have the legacy numbering. Ah, so at okay. least to my internal brain system, it felt like it made sense for that to be also outside the legacy numbering. Um, but uh, yeah, so it'll be 751 starting with JMS's issues. So another one of our patrons, Seth Offenberger, he shares, I really appreciated the temporary edition of the codes and ciphers. I kept the legal pad next to my reading pile and felt like the few minutes it took to solve a code added to the tradecraft vibe of that run. 
I easily lured in my nephew with the cover to issue four. And that was a fun level of puzzle we enjoyed together. Are there any extras planned for future runs? I encourage more activities where they can be seamlessly integrated like they were here. Yeah, I hope so. Cause we, we had a blast doing it. Um, like uh, the, the origin of that was uh, I'm, I'm a big nerd for the, the special operations executive from world war two, which is again, very specific, very nerdy. <laughs> um, but it was, it was basically a, a group of secret agents and saboteurs during world war two from the UK who were made up of a lot of like very ordinary people. Um, and uh, I think around that time I was reading the, they still have the manual that they would give them and they publish it. And I was just interested in it. So I read the manual and I was like, Oh, codes are cool. It would be cool <laughs> to do a code for this. Cause you know, a lot of that first issue is them breaking the radio code and stuff. Um, so I tried to do my own code and I failed miserably. <laughs> I was so terrible. at. It. I think uh. I was trying to do a Playfair cipher. I don't, I don't know how to do a Playfair cipher. Like it's not in my skill set. Um, but luckily uh, Tom Brevoort back in his like fanzine days and, and, you know, all the colorful past that Tom yeah. has had was very experienced in creating codes and ciphers. So I kind of presented it to Tom and was like, can we do something here? Um, and so Tom was kind enough to, to come up with a code for me that I didn't understand at all. And then I'd just on the phone with him and be like, Tom, how, how does this work? I don't get it. And then he explained it to me in a way that I did get. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. Um, but it was it was a blast for us to do. Um, I think Jackson and Colin came up with a few of the codes, but most of them were me just spitballing things that sounded mysterious. Um, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to do, and uh, it honestly didn't take too much time on our end. So I am hoping that that we can do something um, similar. I just have to figure out what that is because <laughs> we we don't have like a whole sales department figuring these things out for us. It was just me in a room being like, "What what can we do? That's weird." So well, that's cool to... that you had a big hand in that. I'm, I'm thank yeah. you. And by the way, thank you for it not ending up being something like drink more oval team. <laughs> That is that is the message that someone sent in to us, and uh, someone sent us a coded message um, after having broken the cipher, which meant I then had to sit there and figure out how to decode something, which I hadn't done at that point. I was like, God, this is a pain. Why am I making everyone <laughs> do this? Um, but yeah, that was what the the message was, which which I got a laugh out of. So, oh, that's um, funny. Um, <laughs> all right, another patron, uh, Ash Barnes, uh, asks. I'm extremely excited about the Thunderbolts book that's in the works featuring some of our favorite Cap characters like Bucky, Sharon, and U.S. Agent. This makes me wonder how much our favorite supporting Cap characters will be able to appear in the upcoming Captain America series. Mm -hmm. Will they make some appearances or will this series have more of a Steve Rogers focus? That is a great question. I am also very excited about Thunderbolts. Um, Are you editing be... that? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, I advocated very hard for that book. And just so um, everybody knows, Jackson and Colin, mm -hmm. that's one of one of their books that they're going off to is to do this yes. Thunderbolt book. Yes. Um, so uh we're we're really excited to still be working together. Um some of this we started talking about, I think, before Cap even wrapped up. Um so uh yeah, so um 
it was kind of a bit of a bit of synergy that um jms kind of happened to not be using a lot of these characters right away he's kind of taking his time to establish uh you know his version of steve and where his steve is and and what the story is um so it was an opportunity where a lot of these characters were free to kind of appear somewhere else and and it it worked out very comfortably like that um but that's not to say there's any kind of uh embargo on them appearing in cap i think sharon has already popped up in one of the scripts that i have um i think it's probably only a matter of time before bucky does too um so yeah, I think I think these are things that will feed each other rather than uh cannibalize each other and it's just a matter of um where JMS wants to use these characters and uh it it won't get like the stories are such that they don't preclude appearances in either place. So sure. um yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I mm-hmm. I I you know we had Jackson and Colin on the show a couple times. And I remember talking to him in the beginning about, you know, their plan and how ultimately every single Captain America writer who's on for any sort of time has to do their Red Skull story. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we're not in any rush to do a Red Skull story. We will eventually. Yeah. And we have some ideas for a really cool Red Skull story, but we're not in any rush to do it. And it mm-hmm. turns out just from the solicitations that you're seeing for Thunderbolts, Red Skull's the villain. So I'm yeah. happy to see that they get to finally do the Red Skull story. It's true. It's true. He is he's a very uh extremely important component of that series. I think in a way that uh a lot of people won't expect. It's uh it's a good book. It's very Ooh, exciting, how how so. mysterious. <laughs> that, that's not to uh, say they're friends. I don't want people uh, to get I don't want to get angry <laughs> emails about us turning the Red Skull into a good guy. That is not the case. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm very excited for for people to read that book. Um, yeah. So we've got one more uh, patron question by Aaron Paul, who uh, he asks, I thoroughly enjoyed the last creative team, especially as Sam's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. In this upcoming run, are there any plans to incorporate John Walker? I know that he is a character with a lot of fun potential, and I would like to see what he has been up to since the Devil's Reign story came to a close. I also want to take a moment to request the natural and his parents make a return as well. And I know we talked about this last yeah. time and, and we're big fans of the natural and, and his parents. And, and I think you are too. <laughs> yes, I am. I, I think they're delightful. I don't, I don't have any plans for them yet, but I am hoping that uh, eventually we can, we can return to them. Um, might just be a matter of me hooking up with Derek Landy and figuring out if there's some fun thing we can do. Sorry, you see my cat exploring. Oh yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's stuck in this room with me for soundproofing, so uh, she's well, getting a little restless. Oh my! In God. all fairness, I have one down here as well. So I've never uh, seen her do this before. Oh, sorry. So. Um, cat sidetrack. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so far there are, are not any John Walker plans in the JMS and Jesus run, um, which is not to say never. It's just a matter of um, seeing if there's a place where he is needed. Um, but for now, he's going to be popping up in Thunderbolts in a very fun way. Um, so if you want to see John Walker being his messy self, um, definitely check out Thunderbolts because I am also, I am extremely fond of John Walker uh, I think he's a, a delightful, weird mess. And so um, I I try to put him in stuff as much as I can. Uh, yeah. 
So while we're on the on the on the topic of of characters uh, that we'd like to see in some upcoming stories, I mentioned this the last time you were here. Any chance that we might be seeing some flashback stories of Isaiah Bradley, uh, especially since uh, rumor is he's going to be in the next Captain America film? I don't have any plans for it at the moment, but that could always change. So it's just a matter of we don't have anything coming up in the immediate future, but it's something I'd like to do and mm-hmm. I think would be fun. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun talking. So tell us, you know, um, what other series are, are you working on, uh, you know, for Marvel? And then, mm-hmm. and then maybe you can tell us a little bit, maybe any other personal projects you got coming up. Sure. Um. So the other... Uh, big book I'm working on right now is Scarlet Witch, um, which has been an absolute blast. Um, Steve Orlando or Steve Orlando and Sara Pichelli and now Lorenzo Tometa, who has joined us on the creative team. Oh, come on, cat. My cat is now attacking my pop filter. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, so the Scarlet Witch one has been really fun. Um, we've got a lot more plans for that. Um, that was one where, you know, behind the scenes, we were only greenlit for five issues initially, but then there was such a great response to it that we're doing a lot more. Um, well, give give an elevator pitch for Scarlet Witch. Sure. Um, so the pitch for this is that she has uh, moved to upstate New York and she has opened a witchcraft shop. Um, and in the witchcraft shop, there is a enchanted door called the last door. And uh, anyone who is basically at the end of their rope with nowhere else and no one else to turn to can find the last door and walk through. And regardless of what their issue is and what they need to be done, Wanda will help them. Um, So it's been a much more episodic series where it's, um, you know, like not quite Doctor Who because the problems are coming to her, but like, you know, that kind of thing where each issue, you know, someone comes through the door and Wanda has to figure out how to help them. Um, And that's been a lot of fun because we've been able to kind of get into questions of what if the person who wants help poses a problem to someone who Wanda is allied with? Or what if that person is a villain? Or, um, you know, what if that person is microscopic and Wanda has to become microscopic to help them? Um, So yeah, it's just been it's been a really fun way to explore Wanda's character in a, in a fun status quo, basically. Um, All right. So you got me curious about it now. I may have to check that out. I mean, has she given up, um, you know, the hero biz to do this, to open up the store? She, she is still an Avenger in her, in her main life. Um, But uh, this is kind of the thing that she does when she's not Avengering. Um, So yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I think Steve is getting really, really good at the kind of one and done episodic structure. So each issue feels very satisfying, um, which was one of our goals when we started it. Um, And other than that, well, let me Google to make sure something has actually been announced. (laughs) You, you also, you've been doing the Wasp too, right? I have um, that the anniversary series wrapped up, but I did the four issue Wasp anniversary series, which featured uh, Janet and Nadia, um, which was a lot of fun because I got to work with uh, Cassia Nee, who I worked with way back on Mockingbird for a minute when I was on Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also working on um, the White Widow uh, solo series, which follows Yelena Belova. Um, and that series is going to be so much fun. Um, Sarah Gailey is writing it. Um, 
they kind of came on very quickly to the series and they just got the voice of the character and the charm of the character so quickly and intuitively um and alessandro miracolo is drawing it and it's just it's just beautiful um and i think that that series is going to be a sleeper hit it's just a, a ton a ton of fun um and for people who are reading thunderbolts i would recommend checking out white widow as well because she's going to pop up in thunderbolts and it's not required reading but i think you'll want to see more yelena when you see her in thunderbolts so because she's a a weird delight so yeah excellent <laughs> That sounds like fun. And what about uh, any personal projects you got coming up? Uh, nothing super public. Um, I'm I'm working on a novel still. I'm always working on some novel, but uh, I'm working on my my third novel that I'm writing, and then I'm gonna try to get an agent interested in it and see uh where things go from there. But uh, it's a it's a process. All right. <laughs> It's a lot of it's a lot of sitting at my dining room table and typing for hours. Um, but it's been a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying it. Um and yeah, honestly, aside from that, I've just been I got into bookbinding and so now I'm making custom journals and stuff, which uh has been very rewarding and fun. So you get to use your um, creative side. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten big into crafting this year because I think um working on comics and working on like a novel to be published. Um, it's been really rewarding to learn how to do something that doesn't have a commodified end goal. Like okay. I can, I can just knit a scarf and have a scarf or I can, you know, uh, do a macrame tapestry and have a macrame tapestry. So, um, yeah, that's my just crafting. Art for art state. Yeah. Art, I think, for I think, yeah. I think everyone in comics should take up at least one craft. I think it's very therapeutic. <laughs> I so, got you. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Alana, we really do appreciate your, your time coming on the show. Thanks for the, the recap of, of the, you know, the, this cap series that uh, are ending now and, and a preview of what's to come. And uh, we're very excited because we know um, if, you know, if it continues with the way it's been, uh, we, we feel like the characters are in good hands with you. Oh, uh, you. <laughs> you, you've done an excellent job pulling together, uh, fantastic creative teams and, and kind of overseeing the whole, uh, process. So, um, we, we're you. just excited to, to see more. Thanks. That's very nice to hear. And I'm excited to do more. So. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a really fun conversation with Alana Smith. Uh, she's such a joy to have on the show really is yeah just you know professional and personable and engaging and always just i always get like some little tidbits that stuff i didn't know before you know just even the technical stuff i love that stuff yeah it, you know it's that's such a, uh, a i'm sure like any job you know you, you have your good days your bad days and you know it becomes a rut after a certain point but that's got to be kind of cool helping shape um a laundry list of characters you know and by 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 pulling in you know different creative teams and uh helping work with them on ideas and overall uh themes and uh just you know having your hand in that uh, to you know, to kind of put your you know your own little mark on um mm -hmm. some beloved characters uh for you know a little brief period of time, but still that's gotta be fun and exciting too. Yeah. It's a legacy, right? I mean, to have that, your name is on that forever. Uh, and that's, that's gotta be a pretty cool feeling. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, and she's God. got, she's got nowhere to go, but up, 
you know, I mean, she's, she's relatively young and she's got a, yeah. just a bright career in front of her. Oh my God, Bob, you just reminded me, you know, this is not a period of my life that I, I like to talk about too much, but there was a period where, mm, I don't know, half a year, 10 months. I, I don't remember. I worked for a small comic book publisher as their director of marketing. Oh, right. Yeah. And I, I wasn't a big fan of mm -hmm. the the product we put out. Yeah. It's it was not like Chicka Chicka Bound Bound comics, wasn't it? No, it wasn't X rated, uh, no. but they but they were R rated. And yeah. but they were, you know, more kind of like a, of the violence, really. Is, oh, is, OK. Yeah. And, and I'm not really into that type of thing. But hey, you know, you need a job. You know, you do that, right? So, yeah. But my name is on out there in, you know, you open up a comic book and and there's my name. Wow. You know, director, yeah. Rick Rabanus, director of marketing. And uh, so that's out there forever. And <laughs> I'm not exactly proud of it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's something. That's something. Uh, I guess. Wow. I guess. Um, you know, so, you know, we talked about. Uh, the new Captain America comic book series coming out uh, by J. Michael Straczynski. I think we're all very excited for that. Um, that's going to come out in September. And so uh, if you're listening on the day that this podcast comes out, which is August 2nd, you have just five days to go to your local comic shop and make sure that you order, uh, put in your order. Because they have uh, retailers have a what they call a final order cutoff FOC. And so that's when they can adjust their sales numbers up or down, depending on what kind of feedback they get from their customers. And, you know, I used to own a comic store. This was a very, very important part of my job because, you know, you know, you never want to order too much because then you're stuck with inventory. It's not returnable and you don't want to order too little because you sell out and then people don't want to come back to your store because they can't get what they want. So it's a very, very important thing. I say all that is uh, August 7th is the final order cutoff date for Captain America number one. Now, it's not to say that you can't go in and ask for it after then, but it'd be really helpful to your comic book store if you did it before then. And uh, But whatever you do, make sure you, you, you put your request in to get Captain America number one coming out in September. I will indeed do that, Rick. Uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to Alana about, but there's another book that she's working on that it's Captain America that comes mm -hmm. out in late September. And that is, uh, a, it's a four issue miniseries called Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos. And yeah. it's not the Cap Wolf that, that we knew from the Mark Grunewald area. It's actually a World War II book. Yeah. This sounds pretty cool, actually. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this. I'm not a huge Capital fan, as you know, Rick. Right. I, I am really. I love the Howling Commandos. I love World War II, and and this is intriguing to me. Yeah, Cap gets bitten by a, a werewolf, and he becomes yeah. a werewolf during World War II, and um, yeah, then the the fun and excitement and insanity ensues. So that comes out late September. Uh, so uh, I think the the writer on that series is Stephanie Phillips. Uh, so again. Make sure you let your 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 uh, your retailer, your your comic shop know that uh, you want to add that to your pull list. Yep, yep, gonna do it. Actually, I, I already did it tonight. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. Excellent. Sorry. Um. So Bob, just I am so excited about some of our upcoming 
episodes. Next episode, uh, we're going to go back to Dimension Z. Uh, so we've been covering Castaway and Dimension Z, which is a volume seven series that came out in 2013, written by Rick Remender and art by John Remeda Jr. We've covered the first six issues. There's four to go. We've been doing this the second Wednesday of every month. Um, and so next next episode, uh, 148, we're going to be covering number seven. And the story's getting good, Bob. It is getting good. It's getting uh, tense. Uh, I, I, I believe we left on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Again? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, then come back episode 149. We're going to take a trip to 1972, Bob. Oh, groovy. Can you dig it? I, I can. I can. Right. We're going to do Captain America 151 and 152, which was a story uh, featuring Mr. Hyde and the Scorpion. All right. Then episode 150, got to have a special episode when when it's 150, right? Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back to our nightcap series. Nice. And so that's when we have patrons uh from the super soldier level join the show, pick the topic. And uh, so we're gonna have Matthew Glover and he actually invited another patron on the show, Ash Barnes. Um now she's been a long time since she's been oh, on the show. Yeah. That was back when we were covering the Captain America and Winter Soldier. TV series, but yeah. Um, so the two of them are going to be on the show, and they have an, a fun top ten list that they want to they want to do uh, as the topic. Exciting. Yeah, uh, and that's going to be top ten versions of Captain America. So yeah. uh, that How fun. That, yeah, I know. And then Bob, I'm super excited. You know, I'm a big fantasy football fan, right? I I know you are. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, I'm a big fantasy fan. So. Are you? Uh, yeah. Excellent. So. Yeah. Like different, different thing, but whatever. No, oh, okay. There's Is no it... football in my fantasies, but whatever. It's, oh, right. it's fine. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accommodate here. Okay, well, I appreciate that, Bob. So, <laughs> so we're gonna combine my two passions, Captain America comic books and uh -huh. fantasy football, and we're gonna have a Captain America fantasy draft where you and I are going to uh -huh. draft characters for our own teams. Okay. Uh, more details to come. All right. I'm just yep. throwing it out there. Yeah. That's going to be episode 151. So you piqued a lot of curiosities out there tonight, Rick. I'm so excited for this particular episode, Bob. Yeah. I've already planned my fantasy draft strategy. Oh my gosh. Oh my I totally gosh. have. Yeah. 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 Do you have snacks? Uh, hell yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> of course. There might be a, a brewski involved too. Who knows? Okay, great. Uh, I think I covered enough. What do you think? I, I do. I do, Rick. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I did want to point out when uh, Alana was talking about the uh, her 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 Scarlet Witch series, it sounded very intriguing to me. But I had I started to have a little bit of cold sweat. I don't know. Did I ever tell you the story about the time I was trapped behind the counter at a witch store? <laughs> no no yes i i was i was uh, i was a young man i was probably uh 14 and i was down in uh salem massachusetts which is of course the witch capital uh -huh. of, uh, of the northeast and there was a uh, there's a witch store there run by a, the famous local witch Lori cabot uh whose family had lived in those parts for generations and generations 
And so I, uh, I was just poking around the store. We had ridden our bikes down to Salem and we're looking around and gone into the witch store. And I was sort of poking around and there was, you know, like a counter with crystals and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I went behind the counter to see what it was, you know, what was on you the wall. You were allowed to go behind the counter or did you Well, sneak? maybe not. I don't know. But when I turned around, Lori Cabot, had come out of the back and she was standing in that little opening that would allowed me to extricate myself from behind the counter. Of course, her back was to me and she was talking to some other people and she was a very, very large woman, Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was a witch. Everybody knew that. And so I, I didn't know if I should just like, like tap her on the back or if I could just think it or whatever, but I was like frozen in fear. She reads minds, Yeah, like she read minds, but I was Uh frozen in fear at that moment. Uh And so as Alana was talking about this story in in Scarlet Witch's witchcraft shop, it got me thinking about my time with Lori Cabot. And uh, yeah, I hung out there for a while until she moved. She didn't know you were there? She didn't know. She was was a very large woman and I was a very small boy. (laughs) So... Well, there you go. Yep. Uh, you learn something new about each other every every episode, yep. Bob. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, I I there's some sort of witch joke there, but I I is it a sandwich? Because I could go for one of those. Don't get me started on that. That great, great sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. And you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. 